Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Conversation. I'm sounding a little nasally today because I am battling a cold with many, many, many other people, I'm sure. So I just want you to know that I'm excited as I am every episode of The Conversation to bring to you a special guest and introduce you to something new and exciting. Tonight, I have an Ohioan with me even though he's in the Queen City, that other city, the other C uh, from, the, from the Queen City of Cincinnati. But I, I will forgive him for that because I have lots of friends in Cincinnati that I do absolutely love. I have the one and only uh, Rob Richardson, and he is the host of Disruption Now podcast and the owner of DN Media Agency, which is a full service digital marketing and research company. He has appeared on many national media, including MSNBC, America This Week, and is a weekly contributor to the Roland Martin Unfiltered. But tonight, I want to talk to him about his, well, I don't know, I kind of want to talk about your path, but I'm going to ask you that question. Okay. Tonight, I want to talk to you about your disrupt art, what's happening in that world. You know, you navigated politics. You were on the board of trustees. Is that right? At uh, the university. Yeah. Yeah. University of Cincinnati. You ran for treasurer of the great state of Ohio, and you and I have that in common. That statewide run yes, is no yes. joke. You learn Ooh, a yes, lot about no. politics, and mainly, I think you learn a lot about yourself and also Definitely. the state because it forces you to travel all over the state. So you and I have known each other for a while. We've navigated in an, in an inside and outside of similar circles. And I've been on your podcast. Yeah. And it's so great to have you on the conversation with us tonight. Well, it's great to be on. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, we appreciate you. So, you know, what what motivates Rob Richardson? Well, what motivates me is to really have impact, and it goes back to my to my story. Like I don't I don't have a poverty story. Like all black people don't have a poverty story, you know that. But I do have a I do have my own struggle. In terms, so I was uh, diagnosed with ADHD uh, early on in my career, and um, which is a learning difference, not a disability. But it was presented as a learning disability, and you combine that with uh, uh, teachers that were culturally not competent, and I was one of the very few black uh, students. It really affected my confidence, and so I struggled in school for quite some time. But then, you know, uh, I, I'm blessed with a strong black mother and father, a really strong family. So the light bulb went, eventually went off, and my motivation kicked in. And I told my teacher, I remember this moment very, very clearly. All these dreams and aspirations I had to, you know, go to college and change the world and Make a long story bearable. She told me all the reasons why uh, that wasn't going to be possible because she saw my academic record, she saw my past, and equated that with my future. Uh, and so I'm over here like crushed after after sure. I told my teacher these uh, my aspirations and these dreams. But uh, I had a much better conversation with my uh, beautiful mother, whose words I still use as motivation to this day. She said, "Look, Rob, you never have to be defined by anyone's low." Or narrow expectations of you. You define yourself for yourself by yourself. Uh, So you know, I went forward, and uh, not only did I graduate from college, got my degree in engineering, law, and as you said, I got a chance to uh, be the youngest chair in the history of my uh, alma mater at the University of Cincinnati. But I realized something that that story turns out differently for a lot of people, specifically a lot of people that look like me, that that don't necessarily have the same 
infrastructure support that I had that I had and have still. And so uh, my goal and my mission in life is to really disrupt these common narratives and constructs to empower people. And so that's really been my why. It's why I uh, uh, that's why I served at the university. That's why I ran for public office because I still believe, as I know you do, as you do too, that despite all the craziness and mess and drama and uh, just chaos that goes on within our politics right now, we still need good people to step up to serve. They're willing to put themselves out there, and I wanted to improve the system. And I, be, I believe that, and I still believe one way of doing that uh, is in the public is in the public sector. But there are also other ways, and that, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And I remember, you know, we talked about your story. Well, we've talked about your story certainly over the years, but every time I hear it, I feel like it's the first time. And I also believe truly that in our stories, not only do we find strength, but we can strengthen other people too, because you're 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 letting folks know that you didn't just wake up this way, you you worked your way up the chain, but even all through that, you had your own struggles, although they may be unique in some ways, but we all have something that we must overcome. And another thing for me, when I hear you tell that story, Rob, about having a teacher say that to you, is in the autobiography of Malcolm X. Yep. He tells a similar story of being in school, albeit he was in an all-white school. It's the it's course. the same it's the same story, except same story. Except yeah. he listened to the teacher because he didn't have that same infrastructure and support. His it's a good example, right? Can you? The brother was yeah. brilliant. Can you imagine had he been a lawyer, yeah. what he would have been yes. able to? Yeah, but had he gone down that path, but he was discouraged to go down that path because of. What the narratives that 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 teacher was putting forward, and and as a, as kids, it's hard for us to believe. This is why it's so important to have great teachers and great role models. That's right, and people in your family who can lift you. And and he was lifted, but his family, you know, he's born in the 1920s. They were going through yeah. a lot of racism and bigotry. I mean, it was very thick. I mean, it's some people very, would argue it's still thick right now, but it was a different kind of thick. It was a real um, different know, type of thick. It's definitely yeah. thick. It's just evolved in different ways now, but it was a different type of thick then. You're right. That's right. And you're right. God only knows. I mean, he he definitely was brilliant. He I I, I think he ascended in the way that the universe that God had Agreed. planned for him anyway, despite it. But despite. imagine a teacher telling him to be realistic about what an N-word can do, you know, yep. what the teacher told him. You're good with your hands. Jesus was a carpenter. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you become a carpenter? I, I mean, know, so that, teacher told me the same thing, except she just didn't use the yes, N word. So it's yes. like, <laughs> that's the only difference. The only that's difference. it, Rob. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that is, well, I am going to use the word beauty about your story because you're using that story. Um, it fueled you. Your mother fueled you. Your family fueled you. You know, mom, father, and and, and mother and father. But every time you tell it, I'm sure that it is touching somebody else. Like it always touches me every time you tell that story. Thank you. That's the goal because I want people to know that they don't have to be limited by their circumstances or by their situation. Because I did struggle in school and it wasn't easy yeah. for me. And I had to catch up and work harder. But that that grit that I had to learn really helped me. Then when I got to areas that when you had these students that went to engineering, right? And they would go there and they had never failed a test in their life. They fail one test and their whole life falls apart, right? So like I'm like, I'm like, I'm used to this. I figure it out. Like, what are we gonna do next? We gotta figure right. out a way to to adjust. And so there's no doubt that not only my story, but my experience helped to shape who I am. And through through pressure, beautiful things emerge. Absolutely. 
you know, so yeah, thank you for that. So how did you go from, or maybe, you know, you let me know, maybe you don't, you don't might not necessarily agree with the way I'm about to frame this question, but how did you go from politician to creating and leading a black art company? No, I think it's a great question. It's a question I get asked pretty often. Um, I also used to get asked this question about how do why do I have a degree in electrical engineering and why do I have a degree in law and the and the answers are pretty similar to why I'm going to tell you about this too as well. Uh, I became an engineer because I wanted to understand systems and I think in order to change them and I became a lawyer to understand the law because you need to understand some policy to in order to change things. Now, when it comes to changing things, and again, uh, my why is still consistent. Uh, I believe this is a really a uh, really important moment in time when, when, in terms of making sure we can do everything possible to uh, expand access and opportunities, uh, specifically for black and brown communities across the world. And, and really web three, and I'm gonna explain what that means in a minute, but disrupt art and what we're doing is we're, we're using the power, the tools of technology that we have right now to, uh, to expand access and opportunity for people. So what do I mean by that? Let me just briefly explain. Because I think a lot of people have heard of NFTs and don't know what that means. Newfound taco, like what does that mean, right? So like yeah, it's like token. <laughs> people are like, well, what is that? Like no one knows what that means. Right. Like, yeah. I, I think they do because I, I deal with it every day, but the reality is that most people don't. So I, I back up and make people understand the basics of blockchain technology first. And all I want people to understand is blockchain technology is like, you know, Google Docs. You know, think of think of Google Docs. But without Google, right? So it's a it's a way where you have a central a, a, a database that everybody can share, but nobody controls or owns. So it gives a lot more power to the people. It's decentralization, and so that's how you're able to do a cryptocurrency, which is an application of blockchain technology. NFTs are another application of blockchain technology. So when people say blockchain technology, they're saying Web three. That's the same thing. It's the third kind of iteration of the internet. And why this is so powerful is that you know uh, you can be in sub-Saharan Africa, you could be in a country that you know uh, you can be in a country or area that doesn't necessarily allow opportunity, or it could be an oppressive government, Latin America, other places, Russia, but they can't block they can't block the blockchain because it's decentralized. You can't go after one person. You have to shut down the internet to do that. And that that's impossible. And so what non-fungible tokens are? They are two things. They are a digital fingerprint. So it's something unique. It's a digital fingerprint, and at the same time, it's a it's also a contract. So let me give an example. It's a smart contract that's attached to it. So uh, if Nina Turner, you 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 sell some work that you painted, and you give it to somebody, that you don't that, rob. Y'all don't want me painting. Okay, but let's just go. With it, so. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, pay. I'm, I'm gonna roll with the example. All right, let's just pretend. All right. Okay. You go out there and you sell your you sell your first piece of work as a starving artist. And somebody goes around and turns around and sells that work for for you know a hundred thousand dollars, and you sold it for a hundred. How much of that do you get for the secondary sale? You get zero. You no, get, I get zero. Yeah, get zero. Okay. That's how. So we you we've seen artists, specifically black and brown artists and women, create all this value, but usually their uh, their labor their their labor is exploited. Right, because that's how capitalism normally works, and then uh, they don't get any opportunity to really build uh, any real long-term wealth and value off of the off off of their creative work. So NFTs really change that because now, so think of it like this: you know, you, you can have an item that digital fingerprint makes it collectible. You can know 
everybody who's who owns it, and then you can know when it's transferred because it's non-fungible, which means it's it's unique. It's it's your fingerprint. But the power is also in the fact that you can have a smart contract. The technology says, okay, I as a creator now can build in my royalties. So if you sell this for $100,000, I get 10%. And every time it sells, I get 10% each time. So this changes the game in terms of creating access and opportunity. So there's one young African-American woman, she started a Nyla collection. And it was about this like these long neck women. And she's made $4 million this year. She's 12 years old, black woman, 12 year old black woman. I know, oh I know some Nigerian artists who have made, you know, who went from not being able to support themselves to making hundreds of thousands of dollars in US, which is this is life changing opportunities and money. Now, everybody's not gonna do that, but this this makes the this this has the opportunity to make it more equitable. But we have to be in the game. So right now there's these there are NFT marketplaces, but we're the uh, uh first and only black owned NFT marketplace in the world. And we're the only one that I know of that's actually also focused on social impact. So we want to use this the power uh to make sure that we are empowering artists. That we're also telling the full story of history. So now we can, on the blockchain, we can go and use art. We can mint uh, movies. We can do all of that, and people can be supported by their community. So it's a way you can almost crowdfund, in a way, but it can create real value. You can create create real community uh, using NFTs because now you have ownership, uh, and I can have an ownership. I have I, I can have ownership of artist work all across the world, and everybody can see my collectibles. So it's a way. It's a mind shift. But this is how people are going to do business going forward in the future. And I'll just say this one last point for people that may be looking at me sideways about this. Um, you know, NFTs are the best performing asset of 2021. They started off making a few million by the by 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 the end of this year, it's going to be about 17.7 billion dollars in transactions. And it's not just about the money; it's about making sure that there's more opportunities for artists. Specifically for marginalized artists, so I want to make sure more of us, black and brown people, people that care about these causes, are in this space. Uh, we're going to tell this. We're going to use the power of uh, NFTs to tell the story of returning citizens. So uh, we're going to work with a lot of uh, creators that were formerly incarcerated, and there's a lot of great artists. We want to tell their work, and we want to also inform them and onboard people into this space because I don't want. I don't want us to be excluded from this opportunity. I think people are nervous about the space. They think NFT, they think it's something technical that they can't do. And I want to encourage people to say that this is not as technical as you think. Like, if you can sign up for an email, we can teach you how to do an NFT. If people are just willing to open and their, their mind. nervousness, probably comes in because it's the unknown. Correct. Yeah. But once it's they the become unknown. familiar with it, yes, that's, that's correct. And I want to make sure people become more familiar with it. And NFT is. It's like an email in a way, right? You can only have one email, there's one way in, but the smart contract and blockchain kind of add to it. I think there's also the freight of being of being scammed. And there's a lot of scams out there, and that's yeah. real. But I tell people this, like, you know, players gonna play, haters gonna hate, scammers gonna scam, right? If you're in an area that has money, uh, people are gonna scam. So there are ways to protect yourself, and it's the same ways that you have to do. Um, your bank accounts, right? Correct, right? I mean, you yeah. don't click on links you don't know. Uh, if it's too good to be true, it is. Like so, people That's the right. people fall for these schemes because they're they're trying to get 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 rich quickly. That's also the downside of some of this right now. But I mean, if you're willing to educate yourself, there's so much opportunities in this space, and we want to make it easy for people. It's it's not nearly as complicated as people make it out to be. 
And there are those that like to kind of gatekeep this to make this harder than it is, just like they do in the financial world. But I really want to encourage us, everybody listening to this, to really get involved, to understand, to go understand the basic process. Because it's worth your time. And I think we need to do it specifically as black and brown people and people that want to see opportunities expand for others. We need to get involved in this space. And so, Rob, for people who are not black and brown, you know, for our other sisters and brothers who yes. want to be involved in the creation of this social equity space that will enhance and enrich black and brown communities, how, how would you advise them to be involved and to be engaged? Well, yes, and I'll make it clear, like, like we're obviously we're empowering black and brown communities, but we're empowering all communities. I think it's important for us to say this, like, but we're going to be intentional about making sure everyone is included. And so, because we have artists that are obviously, we have white artists, we have Latino artists, we have very, we have a just a wide creation. It really is inclusive. If people want to get involved, I would love for them to come to Disrupt Art, Disrupt.Art, sign up, get your wallet, and you know, look at some of the creations on our site. I would also encourage them to go out and sit in some spaces, like go to Twitter spaces, go to Discord. This community is pretty inviting and go on and learn. I would also tell them to go like, you know, OpenSea, you can go on there and you can mint a piece. You can just see how easy the process is. Now that that's gonna cost you some money, but it because it costs money to mint, but I want to get down that technical but but you can see if you have a if you have some money, uh you know, just like a hundred dollars or so, you can see how easy the process is. And then there are some other great resources like NFT Now, that's a good news site. And some others that people and go to YouTube. I mean, there's a lot of great material out there, but generally you learn by doing in this space. Um, we have our own Discord, so you can go to Disrupt Art, and we have a whole bunch of onboarding platforms that we we teach people about the space. We 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 tell them the terminology. Again, everybody in this space is new. Like I've been doing this for a year, and that makes me like a veteran and almost an expert in the space, but it's been a year, right? It's only really become mainstream this year. And it's only the technology's only been around for three years. So everybody's new in this space and people are willing to teach you and learn. Like if you follow me, if you follow at Disrupt Art on Twitter or anything else, we have sessions all the time where we're willing to onboard people and empower people. So that's what I would encourage them to do, to definitely get involved in this space. and. Do everything they can, and obviously we love them to get involved with us. But we just want people to be informed about the space. Yeah, I know it's a beautiful thing, and I I know that part of your mission and and disrupt think through telling your story. You I, I come to the conclusion about why you uh, named it disrupt art. It is very deliberate and it's very clear why you are using that word. But you also what what is also mentioned in the mission and and what it is is about the, in, the intersectionality of um, and to revolutionize the social impact of art, music, fashion, and film. Can we talk a little bit about how fashion and film can fit into this space? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you think about it. Uh, you know, uh, film very easily. Film uh, the gatekeepers get to tell what stories get to be told, right? Uh, and so we want to make sure that we're narrating and telling more stories that are really telling the full scale of history. Um, you know, I think Netflix and others have been more inclusive than they've ever been. But 
you know what happens when they decide to change their mind, right? So we want to make sure that we keep telling these stories. We want to tell a lot of stories that haven't been told. I would love to hear, hear a full, really great account about the Haitian Revolution, right? And to make sure and make people understand the history behind that and how they sparked the movement for freedom fighting in America, how they were the first state to ever actually ban slavery as a whole state. And just like making sure people understand and hear these stories. I think I've talked to you about having a full out uh, a series on on Brother Malcolm X and really had deep yeah. diving into that. And going to areas that haven't been covered by mainstream media, but I know that are interesting stories. So curating those experiences, we definitely want to do. And we want to control our own narrative because we know the narrative, if we, if we have to rely on mainstream media, is not going to happen. When it comes to fashion, again, I mean, people get to determine what beauty is. And, you know, often black and brown people create these value, create the value, but don't get any of the credit for the value that they create. You know, we want to change that. And in this digital space, you can you can also use this as an opportunity to uh, to create more art that 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 is all both digital and is also connected to your physical art. So I know I said a lot there. Let me just explain that very quickly. So think of it this way. As, as I explained it earlier, this is like an entry point to creating a community. So you have the digital fingerprint, but you also have the contract. So um, another example I like to point people through is the NFL. Say like when there's a scalper that wants to take a ticket and they take the Super Bowl and they go and they go sell that ticket for a thousand times the value. When they do that, right, the NFL doesn't get anything from that. But now you do you make the ticket an NFT, they can do that again, but the NFL gets it back. But this doesn't only apply to NFL. If Nina Turner wanted to create her own community for her book signing or whatever, if people she can create an NFT, create an NFT to actually empower your community, they would get first access to interviews, may I get first access to book signing. So this is also going to be the way that brands and others engage. And we and again, we want to help people enter into this space and understand how to do it. And encouraging people to get in early so to learn it, not to feel overwhelmed by the yep. new language. Because once upon a time, the internet was, you know, the, the 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 creation of the World Wide Web was new, and people were freaking out then. Yeah, you know, just think about any new gadget you've had to navigate. It was new at some point for somebody I, or a group of somebody. And, and I'll say this very quickly, Senator. Um, you know, it's it's. I saw this this news clipping that just came up. It said like the internet fad is not going to last. Literally said that, and people are people are leaving right. And people said the same thing about social media, that social media wouldn't be where media goes, and they were all wrong then. And the people that are saying that NFTs are fad or are gonna go away, and they, they are they are also wrong. And I just wanna make people understand that, you know, uh, this one final analogy I make. I tell people about Blockbuster and Netflix. You know, Blockbuster had an opportunity to buy Netflix. Yeah. Netflix approached Blockbuster to say, listen, we could partner together, you have it. And then Blockbuster was like, nah, we think we're good. We think the future is everybody's gonna carry these physical CDs and they're gonna still wanna collect them. They were wrong, Blockbuster is gone and Netflix is a multi-billion dollar business. So I tell people be Netflix, not Blockbuster. <laughs> Amen to that. Now that example doesn't get any realer than that. I just, I wanna encourage everybody to check out the Disrupt Art, check out the work that the brother Rob and, and his team are doing a socially conscious way. The art world, the art space, open opening yourself up to it. Whether you're black, brown, or white, apart, all of us are part of the rainbow mosaic. You can be a part of disrupting this system 
helping to make it better for the least of these, the people who have been the most marginalized. All of us have a role that we can play in doing that. Brother Rob, I've learned so much from you on this. I myself, I must confess, am going to go and learn a little more. Good, and sign up. Interaction sign up with you. Yeah, I will sign up is because I know a little bit about a little bit. I want to know a lot more about this and be engaged on the cutting edge of because the future is absolutely today. Thank you so much for joining us in the conversation. We really appreciate you. And thank each and every one of you for being with us. This is Christmas week. By the time when you hear this show will not yet be Christmas yet, but I want to wish everybody that celebrates that holiday a very Merry Christmas. For others, happy holidays to you and your family and your friends. Share some light with somebody, be a light to somebody. I want everybody to keep the faith and keep the fight.